everyone. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart. We're finally done. This is the happiest I've ever felt before a hiatus. And I think it's just because I really wanted this event to be over. And I'm just, I'm just happy. (laughs) I'm just celebrating. So am I. I'm happy. And I'm also like, it feels like a weight's lifted. Yes. Yeah. Like Like I feel feel like a chore. Like I feel like us watching it, doing the podcast is a separate entity. I feel like we like doing the podcast, Mm -hmm. but watching the actual show is a chore. Yes. And it's been excruciating. Although I have to say, I kind of liked this episode in terms of just entertainment value. For nostalgia purposes, I yes. think. It, and, and so this is the way that I've been thinking about it in my head. Like the whole episode was chaos, start to finish mm-hmm. chaos. But it was nostalgic chaos in the beginning where we got hit with a bunch of random people that we haven't seen in ages and just sort of hearkening back to the early days of Riverdale, which again evokes those feelings of remember when the show was good and exactly. it was kind of nice to go back to that place. But the second half of the episode... Uh, was so confusing that it it lost me it lost me in the second half (laughs) yeah I was trying to follow trying to follow you and I were texting about it and then I thought I had a handle on it yeah you did and I and I we were texting and I was like no explain it to me again like I don't understand this and you were trying to explain it and I'm like I still don't get it you're gonna have to you're gonna have to walk me through this later because I can't understand (laughs) so you know we're gonna do that at some point I'll do my best to reiterate my thought process because I feel like I was onto something. Okay, good. It kind of went to shit. And then how it ended, I'm like, wait, so everything I just thought and really, really drug, like I really, really, my brain was working on fumes at that point because Mm -hmm. I did not know where else to get the information. Here's what my hope is for this episode of our podcast. I'm hoping that I have enough half-baked ideas and you have enough half-baked ideas that when we put them together, we can get something coherent out of this episode because- I really hope so. I can't get there by myself, so I'm going to need help and I think you feel the same way. (laughs) Absolutely. We need both our brains. Both are fantastical All the brain power. To figure this out. Yes. (laughs) And to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. Welcome to Riverdale's 100th episode where everything is made up and the character deaths don't matter. Jughead starts to realize that there is something wrong with Rivervale when he begins hallucinating about people and events from Riverdale. After consulting his Archie comic book collection, he becomes convinced that Rivervale is actually a parallel universe of some kind and something is terribly wrong, especially when people start turning up dead, including his own doppelganger. On his quest for answers, he turns to Dilton Doily, who embellishes on this theory by confirming that Rivervale is an alternate universe, but its existence and attachment to the Riverdale universe is going to ultimately destroy them both. Ethel steps in and tells Jughead that they can save Riverdale by imploding Rivervale, but before Jughead is able to execute that plan, Archie stops him because he's hoping Fred Andrews will turn up in River Vale and he'll get to see him one more time. Betty shoots Archie in the head and aligns with Jughead to stop the universes from unraveling, but then another Jughead appears and suggests a plan that will preserve both universes forever. All the other Jughead has to do is spend his entire life in the bunker fueling the alternate universe of River Vale with his writing until the end of time. The plan works, and back in Riverdale, Archie and Betty are warned by a mysterious phone call to escape Hiram's bomb, and presumably that's where we'll pick up again next year. Also, there were two Reggies, but let's be honest, that's all the crazy I have time for tonight. All right. So where would you like, would you like to start from the beginning? Because 
that's where you and I immediately as the episode started we start texting and we're like oh my god like they're all waking up from dreams of what happened what a waste of of exactly what unraveled (laughs) what a waste of time it was all a dream and I'm I actually I don't know if this is a good place to start because I do kind of want to come back to this later because of how the episode ends but yeah I I was confused from the from the start and then and I didn't take a lot of notes when I watched it on Tuesday night but when I did my rewatch today I took more notes but still not that many because it it was just a lot happening and again I felt so off kilter like I had no idea what was important and what wasn't so I was just winging it all I wrote down at first was (laughs) because when Archie wakes up Jughead's voiceover is like Archie has somehow just come back from the dead and in my notes I'm just like yeah cool convenient okay so why is Archie back now and Tony's back like all these people who were and Nana Rose who were supposedly dead they're just like not dead anymore and everybody I had just hated a dream right everybody had a dream and I hate how ridiculous they sounded this or bringing up what they dreamt about because we just fucking saw it oh, so oh when, I like, thought you're gonna say then, that they were like really weird dreams I'm like listen I told you like several of my dreams this week and they were all no less weird than what they were talking your about. dreams <laughs> we need a whole session for that we have um, a new podcast to talk about yeah strictly Lisa's my dreams, dreams. <laughs> um they could be a television show just saying oh, it would not be a good one it'd be very confusing um well then we'd be used to it now wouldn't we (laughs) that's true it's basically Riverdale it's basically Riverdale um but yeah like they all wake up and just how they acknowledge it to their significant others so like Fangs and Tony they wake up and Fangs is like you you were drowning you were drowning and then you came back as like it was as a ghost yeah as a ghost and like Betty's like we sacrificed you to and it's like <laughs> okay and then nana rose is like oh my god like hey, Cheryl was like yeah we switched alive. bodies and it was like ah oh, damn <laughs> all right you both had the same dream got it it was just very like we just saw all this we just saw all this it felt like did you see did you watch any of the twilight movies i did did you see the last installment breaking dawn Mm-mm. part two? Oh. Do you know about it, though? Do you know what I'm talking about with the fight scene that never happened? I don't. Uh, I really fell off when it came to spoilers. the Dawn parts. Spoiler alert. Do you care if I tell you? No. Okay. So, I mean, there's supposed to be this big battle. And in the books, like, nothing happens. Nothing comes of it. So when they made Breaking Dawn into two movies, I was like, how the fuck are they going to do this? There's nothing that happens in this entire book that is interesting. It's like first book, first movie was like sex and and making vampire baby. And then the second part of the movie, (laughs) the second part of the movie was like Bella uh, becoming a vampire. And then the consequences of them having a hybrid vampire human baby. And there's supposed to be a battle, but it never happens. They resolve it peacefully. But in the movie, they do this whole fight scene and people die like important people that mean a lot to you emotionally die and then it's revealed that 
this is just a vision that Alice is having because she can see the future. And it's like, if you challenge us, this is what's going to happen. And you're going to lose. Like, yeah, some people that we love are going to die, but you're eventually going to lose. So you shouldn't do this. And it's like, are you kidding? Like, this never, this never really happened. Okay. And it's not that we ever thought that the things happening in Rivervale were happening, but it just kind of drives home the point that none of it mattered. Right. Like we analyzed the shit out of it for no reason. And oh God, they really didn't give us any leeway to figure it out. I feel like. Um, yes and no. I think we were pretty close with our coma dream thought. Yes. Like uh, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't quite on the, on the nose, but we, we knew that there had to be some sort of weird explanation for why Rivervale existed. And I knew that I knew that some of this wasn't going to matter. I guess it was just like really rough to hear and to kind of see that like none of it matters. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, I guess we won't know until it comes back if there's anything else that's carrying over. But we essentially wiped a slate clean. Thankfully, because I couldn't deal (laughs) with. (laughs) I mean, let's just jump right into the fact that Jughead is, we see him walking through the school. I can't. Don't you forget about me. (laughs) The minute that came on, I'm like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? We're making fun of ourselves now. Like now we're, we're being stupid. And didn't they already do that for the, um, the Griffins and Gargoyles episode, the flashback where they all played their parents? Like, didn't we, didn't we do that? They might have, but that made sense because that was their time uh, yeah that was their parents in the 80s and stuff so so he's walking through the halls and he sees the i'm gonna go younger versions but mm-hmm. it's still them the same age right um, and <laughs> he's looking and he seems like content with everything but then he sees archie who for us again thought he was dead and sacrificed where mm-hmm. are we what are we doing with Miss Grundy and we were really excited about that and you kind of called that I was super pumped because and I will recount this conversation for our audience but at Mm -hmm. work I mentioned to John that I had read an article I think it was Entertainment Weekly they published a piece of the script from this episode which introduced Ben Button as a character that they were bringing back and I was saying to John oh my god this guy is so fucking obscure why would they bring him back? I would rather see Geraldine Grundy back here, you know, bring back the child abusers. Like, why are we talking about right? Ben like Button? that made it, that was more relatable than this fucking shit. Right. Like, yeah. like Ben Button was a character for like two episodes. At least uh Miss Grundy was around for a while and like stirred up shit. So yeah, I couldn't uh, pick him out of a lineup if I tried. No. And I mean, obviously, he's a lot older, too, than when they filmed it. The first because when they showed the flashback, he's like this gangly little kid. And now in this episode, he's like big built, like super Mm -hmm. tall. I'm like, who the that I would never have known who it was unless they had shown that flashback. And then also I had read that article. So I was kind of prefaced for it. But the fact that I even thought of Miss Grundy as somebody who could come back. (laughs) Exactly. so fucking random they picked the most random people for this they really did and i flashback i think what i got immediately confused at like before we even really got into dialogue you know interactions whatever what jug where jughead was at that point was that river 
Dale or River Vale? No, this is all in River Vale. Hmm. But but because of the way that the um, alternate universes or the alternate universe of River Vale was formed, they're bleeding into each other. I think Jughead used that phrase at one point that they're bleeding into each other. And I think that's the right way to phrase it. In but we're that, going like, backwards, though. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we have to allow for flexibility of time and space here because it, we're dealing with alternate universes. And that's just like a completely abstract concept. <laughs> That's a big gap, though, because we're talking about. Yeah, we just saw in Rivervale, you know, Tony sacrificed her life to basically a swamp woman. Cheryl's not Cheryl. She's Roseanne now. Archie's dead. You know, all this stuff. We just saw this. And now you're telling me we went back in time, Riverdale, but it's Rivervale. And we're recreating the past in Rivervale. What? Yeah. Um yeah like and and not just like the immediate past like the past past we're talking years and years and years right like pre-time jump high school era riverdale which how like at least seven years i understand the the break and that like you know time is seven years don has it yeah we don't know we don't know anymore and and i agree so like to to even figure out where the timeline starts here I mean, we have to kind of decide whether or not what happened in those four episodes of Rivervale actually happened or if they were all dreams. Or I have a third theory that's not really going to make sense until we talk about what happens at the end of the episode. So I don't know if we should just wait on that. We can wait. But yeah, so he's just, you know, seeing all of these past things for him that happened seven years ago. And he ends up meeting up with everybody and it seems like again real time like very fucking confusing mm-hmm. and Archie and Betty are engaged and getting married yeah not only are they engaged they're getting married that weekend like that weekend these and plans Jughead's, have been in the works <laughs> Jughead is so confused yeah he's he, like um yeah, you're getting no married and then Archie's like you're my best man because obviously yeah and then Betty gets a call from Dr. Curdle Jr. Yep. And he's like, I don't want to alarm you, but um, Jughead's in the morgue. We found him. Yeah, Jughead's dead. Yeah. He's dead. And she's like, no, he's right here. And I think that's when I was even like, where the fuck are we going with this? Like, how are there two of them? And yeah. that's when we started getting the whole double thing. And that made it even worse. I think... I don't want to say I have this figured out because I would never presume to say that I have this figured out, but I think I've come to a place where this can make sense for me. So it's because of what the doppelganger Jughead says later. He says, I'm the narrator. He's the writer. And so I think we've seen Jughead walk around and be this Twilight Zone Rod Serling-esque narrator in Rivervale. Mm -hmm. And that's one Jughead, but we've also seen Jughead in Rivervale doing his Rivervale things you know like they're not the same person they're not so I think there are two Jugheads but maybe now Rivervale Jughead is becoming sentient enough that he would look at narrator Jughead and be like why are there two of us like I, I think there's like an awareness happening that was threatening which was why narrator Jughead needed to be killed 
So you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Both Jugheads are in Rivervale. Yeah. And they never crossed paths before. Or Rivervale Jughead never was aware of narrator Jughead. Because Ju- narrator Jughead walks through all these scenes and nobody interacts with him. Nobody sees him. Fair. But I think maybe with Jughead's new awareness, he might have been able to recognize that there was another Jughead there and that this was weird. Okay. All right. That's my another, theory on that. Another thing I found super weird, Jughead finding out about this, he ends up then going to the morgue to see his dead body there. Mm-hmm. And then goes back to, I believe, the school and scrounges up his, like, all the comics. Right. Which literally map out every scenario that has happened in Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Again, I'm very confused because he's remember every, he's remembering everything from Riverdale. Like when he runs into Ben Button in the bathroom mm-hmm. and he's like, you jumped to your death. And he's like, um, you mean like that teacher? And then Chuck's like, um, no, that was after you. Like you did it first. It was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Both of you did that. <laughs> right. So it was just kind of like for even Ben Button to mention it in Rivervale was odd because we never once got any type of scenario depicting or mentioning Stonewall Prep. (sighs) I'm analyzing it too hard. I think you are. I think you have to be a little bit more loosey-goosey about the... the bleeding here like the bleeding between universes because i think things are mixing without regard for timing and situations and people that's ridiculous it is it absolutely i mean that's exactly why you know like jason is alive in rivervale and like certain people are alive in rivervale when they're not in riverdale like it's not a perfect copy of riverdale and there's really no good explanation as to why. So, like, there has to be a suspension of disbelief for this. And I think once you do that, you'll be a little bit less annoyed <laughs> about how this went. I'll do my best. But I feel like the more I talk about it, the more I overanalyze because I'm starting to think of, like, it's bringing me to different scenes where I'm like, wait a minute. I'm talking about this now, but that affects that. But it doesn't make sense as to why it affects that. Like I'm just Oh yeah, that's stop. that that was my entire rewatch where I was like, okay, I think I got it. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, nope, but now my theory doesn't make sense anymore because this just happened and that doesn't like line up with what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. It was it's very frustrating. I don't think they did this neatly or in a way that would make sense to most people. I feel like it was all flash and no substance. So yeah. I <laughs> I think one of the things that irritated me, which is such a small thing, has nothing really to do with like the plot or all the <laughs> craziness going on. So Dilton Doily, who was dead in Riverdale, is alive and well in Rivervale, and he's a teacher. Again, couldn't pick him out of a lineup Riverdale. either. Yeah, no, well, especially with the long hair. He yeah. didn't have that hair back in the day. Right. But what annoyed me was that when Jughead went to the library to check out a book on parallel universes. And the librarian is like, yeah, somebody checked that out and never returned it. And Jughead was like, oh, who did that? And she said, Delton Doily. And he's like, oh, well, he's dead. So obviously not getting it back. 
And she's like, no, he works here. He's a teacher. He works on the hall. And it's like, why, why then could you not get this book back from him? He literally works in the same building as your library. You couldn't hound him on a daily basis to be like, yo, give us our fucking book back. And if not, we'll just take it out of your salary and purchase a new one. Like you have the person right there. It's one thing if you rent a book and then skip town and never return it, they're never going to catch you. But or you literally, yeah, you literally come to the place where you stole the book from daily and okay that that just really annoyed me (laughs) get your fucking book back you can do it he's right there those fines must be astronomical unbelievable you might as well i like you know just take it out of his paycheck and buy a new copy of the book library fines have increased with inflation correct i have no idea i have not returned a late library book works for a library (laughs) and i borrowed a book from her because she can borrow with like no fees or like whatever no wow and it's been months never read the book and she's like um i was asked about the book i was like oh my Uh, god i'm so sorry that's literally been like two and a half months that i've had this fucking book and it was a 14 day rental i haven't physically been to a library since i went to go get a new library card so that i could continue to take library books out on the e-library right like right. i do not rent physical books from the library anymore i rent them on like my kindle <laughs> sometimes so. i need the physical book so that's when i'll ask her like oh do you have this book i just want to like read a physical book mm-hmm. um but other than that like i'll use somebody else it like i access my books i'll say illegally <gasps> don't say that on the air <laughs> I, I like to use the word acquire. I acquire my books. I acquire. I acquire my books. And then I also, you know, I have friends that have the library, you know, mm-hmm. connection. And then I just use their login. Yeah. I used to do that with my mom's library card when mine expired. And I just like was too lazy to go renew it. Uh, right. So I just kept using hers. But uh, it's fine. It's fine. I have my own library card now. They actually took my photo for it, which I feel like is a little excessive. <laughs> I was Everything not expecting about it. getting a library card is excessive. Like you need four f- forms of identification. I'm being exaggerating. I'm exaggerating here. Yeah. Well, but they like, just want to make sure like, that you live in the community in which you're using the services, right, which but is it's fine. Like, Here's my license, but that's not enough. You need a bill in your name that goes to your house. And it's well, like- you know, I, I didn't um, get the ad- address on my license changed for a while when I moved. So like I can. I can see it, but I, I really do think it's excessive to have a photo ID for a library card. Like, really. Like, I don't even have to set foot in here to get a book. So why do you need my yeah. picture? Yeah, I mean, I guess some people do, but, and I could give my library. But are, are they checking it every time you check books out? Like, do they hold it up and be like, mm, that doesn't really look like you? I have not been to a library in <laughs> forever. And my friend and I used to, in high school, not just books, we would borrow cds and then burn them <gasps> burn copies for ourselves all the time incriminating yourself all over this podcast well that's I, that's not bad to do i feel like now i need to turn you in or something. like i rented it and then i just never wanted to give it back so i burned it for myself and then gave it back yeah that's that's definitely still <laughs> is that really don't even make yeah. me feel like <laughs> i mean it's too late now this was high school <laughs> yeah this was like 17 years ago. So yeah. actually probably closer to 20, seventh grade. Yeah. 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 When I walked everywhere because I couldn't drive. 
Anyway, that was a huge digression about libraries, but I don't even remember. We love libraries and library workers. I love to read and books. Yay. (laughs) I love to read and books. (laughs) And books and also books. So, yeah. Okay. Dilton Doily. That's where we're at. Doily. So we also got Ethel back. We did. And I was like, okay with her being there. Like she was a, a prominent enough character that it's made sense for her to be here for this. Yes. And Whereas... she made me feel better about this whole paradox we're dealing with. Oh, like, did she? I felt a little, yeah. I felt a little calmer about it because she's <laughs> the one who, no, she's the one whose explanation made me under, or at least I thought, understand it better. Okay. And reiterate to you, which didn't work. So. Right. Well, yeah, because this is where they lost me. So, okay. So let's talk about this. So initially when Jughead goes to Dilton Doily, Dilton's like, just live your life, man. Like, everything's totally cool. Like, don't worry about it. But then people start turning up dead. Like, besides his own doppelganger corpse, suddenly mm-hmm. Cheryl is found strangled. And there's that whole thing with Jason being kidnapped for whatever reason (laughs) and Clifford Blossom is behind it because he was behind Jason's murder in Riverdale and this all triggers Jughead to be like the timelines are converging you know like there's like something going on here and Mm -hmm. he goes back to Dilton Doily and is like something's wrong here and Dilton's like yeah something is definitely wrong like we're all gonna die but don't worry I'm gonna study everything and what happens when universes collapse which I found really annoying because it was like, um, okay, you might be the first scientist to document what happens when universes collapse, but you'll also be dead and your research won't matter at all. So there you go. <laughs> why does this matter? But it, it, we kill him pretty quickly. Ethel poisons him, a la griffins and gargoyles with some kind of poison that turns his spit blue or something. Yeah, that's the only thing I got from that, to be honest with you, because of the blue spit. Yeah. I knew it was that concoction that they used then. Yeah, whatever they used to drink in their, like, drink or die. In their chalices. <laughs> oh, man. I almost miss it. Almost. Not quite. But almost. That was probably the least, one of the least insane storylines. Yeah. It, which is crazy to say. Mm-hmm. Crazy to say. So, anyway, Ethel gives us some hope. She says, okay, there's a way to save one of the universes here. And it would only be Riverdale, the prime universe, and then Rivervale would cease to exist. And the way that they do that is by recreating the moment at which the universe is split, which, as we know, was the explosion from Hiram's bomb under Archie's bed. And a ton of other things that Chuck listed off. Do you have them? I have them. I do. Hold on. So Archie and Betty's love and then that juxtaposed with Hiram's hatred and then Jughead writing and creating, which I felt like was an inflation of his importance in this situation, but whatever. And then the mass destruction of the bomb that was under the bed, the hunk of palladium that was on Archie's desk. (laughs) And then the fact that Cheryl cursed them all. So all they have to do now is accurately recreate the events in Archie's bedroom and the universes should separate. Right. The prime universe will stabilize and their universe will cease to exist, which we said. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do nothing, both universes will collapse and everyone will die. That's so dramatic. It really is dramatic. Because I, die, I think, is too strong a word. <laughs> like they would just 
pop into like just right like yeah i i don't think it would hurt at all you would just stop existing so now jughead's like all right so then we have to recreate that exact moment we need archie and betty to be on his bed Mm -hmm. recreate that night yep but jughead's like wait but then they're gonna die and she's like yeah which again we're like no poof like that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. they're just gonna poof right and then he's like what if we seemingly recreated that with veronica and i because we are the closest they're like counterparts the counterparts and she's like yeah that would work too so jughead then goes to see veronica which wait before before we continue with this yes can you explain to me why that makes sense why it makes more sense for jughead and i'm going back to my text to sacrifice themselves because it's my understanding that everyone in river rail is going to die no matter what or is going to cease to exist no matter what if they recreate this scenario right jughead tells veronica that it's up to the two of them to stop the universes from imploding and to save riverdale along with the billions of lives however no matter what river vale will cease to exist right so why does it matter who the two people are in that room because i think that that screws up hold on i'm going back to our text because that yeah i I mean do it (laughs) i i just i need this question answered to to soothe my brain for some reason i picked up that if it was archie and betty if it was exact exact then goodbye but since Jughead and Veronica are like the counter opposites, it's close enough to where they could still wipe out Rivervale and Riverdale. Everybody would still stay alive. That's what I got from that. I don't understand why Archie and Betty would be in danger in Riverdale by doing this in Rivervale. That's what because... I'm saying. If it was exact, like that would be, that would make it exact, exact. I don't, I don't, I don't get that though. Like that doesn't. That's what I was getting from that, though. And that if Jughead and Veronica did it instead, it's two bodies still simulating the same situation. But since it's not completely exact, there's no death involved. If that's true, that they're not doing a good job of explaining that because that makes no sense. And the reason that it Jughead doesn't, but do you get what I'm saying now? No, I, I and I got it that night, too. It just, But this is where I'm stuck because right, it like doesn't it doesn't make, make sense. sense. And the reason that Jughead objects to having Archie and Betty do this, he's like, no, no, they're getting married. We can't do that to them. They're getting married in Rivervale. Back in Riverdale, as far as we know, they're not engaged yet. Yeah, they're like... They don't even want to get married. They just yeah, want they're, to have kids. Yeah, they're fast-tracked on their relationship, but they're, like, not talking about getting married. And, and so... It's like he's talking about River Vale, Archie and Betty, and like how they can't die because they're getting married. But literally, everyone's about to die. Everyone in River Vale is about right. to go poof. And why should that matter? Why should that not make her eligible or make either of them eligible to participate in this ritual? The only thing I can think of is that they were trying to keep Archie out of it for as long as possible because he ends up being the one who's like killing everybody. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Um, I'm sorry to backtrack here. Go ahead. But it was something that you and I both found absolutely hilarious and surprising and kind of cool. We got double Reggie's. Okay. I have a lot to say about the two Reggie's here. I thought that was probably probably the best part of the episode because that really brought us into 
what this episode's about. Like, we're talking two worlds. Yeah, we're going to bring the two fucking actors that play the same character and really fuck with everybody. And I kind of liked that. It started out really, really funny for me. I was really excited about that whole section of the episode because it was so funny and it was so meta. They were calling themselves out for the fact that they recast Archie after the first season. So I was kind of there. Reggie. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Archie? You said Archie. Oh, he's got Archie on the brain. He's the center of the Riverdale universe. We apologize, KJ. Sorry. So we know that they recast Reggie after season one. And so it, it was, they were making fun of themselves for doing that. And I really appreciated that that happened. I will say, though, that the joke started to wear thin on me because of Veronica, because it got very cheesy. It did. And it got weird because weird. I mean, and I'm not even referring to the potential uh, threesome. threesome. Yeah, <laughs> potential Reggie sandwich that was happening. That was kind of hot, though. Like, yeah. if it went down, I kind of was for it. I was going to be kind of excited and also, <laughs> ha- like, surprised in a good way that they went there, but they didn't. But what annoyed me about that storyline eventually was that Veronica was like their mother almost. And she was I didn't like, like it. Yep. she's like, you kids, oh my God, you just need to settle your issues and stop being so annoying. And my my problem here is like theoretically, you know, she's been in this relationship with Reggie and they're in love. But this other Reggie turns up, and at some point she probably had feelings for him too, or at least like would would have feelings for him, or or maybe she doesn't, but at, she was going to have to choose between the two Reggies and she doesn't seem bothered at all by the fact that there are suddenly two Reggies. You know, you would think, imagine, I mean, now we have to do a lot of like imagining and pretending, but imagine like you had a boyfriend or I had a boyfriend and then suddenly it's a, a clone, lot of imagining. right? Exactly. So imagine like his clone shows up at your door and my door and it's just like, Hey, like I'm also your boyfriend. And it's like, what am I supposed to do with you? Exactly. What do you do? he looks exactly like or at least close to what you're in love with but he's not that person so like she never says like okay i have been in love with this reggie longer so like you know what you kind of need to go yeah and she never says to like current reggie like oh but i still have latent feelings for this guy so you know maybe you need she's never gonna choose or it never seems like she wants to choose right they're just squabbling she's like oh my god i don't have time for your pettiness and it's like bitch this is your situation here. Like, tell him, tell one of the Reggies to hit the fucking road. You're not going to get both of them. So make a decision. And she doesn't even seem conflicted about it because you would think that if you were emotionally attached to either of them in any way, shape or form, you would be a bit more distressed about having to make that choice. And even when they like shoot each other in the head at the end, because they're so fucking mad at each other. She's like, oh, my God, you fucking idiots. And it's like she wasn't even like sad. She wasn't even sad. Like the whole thing was so ridiculous. And it was like, why are you scolding them in death? Yeah, in death. The part that I did like that I thought was funny because it did bring us into the fact that they were bringing back the original Reggie. Mm -hmm. Jughead goes to Veronica and Reggie with the comics to explain it. And Reggie's looking at them and he's like, why do I look different? Yeah. Well, that, that's why? when I laughed. That's when I, I thought, thought that was, that so was the funniest thing. So I thought that I thought that was as far as it was going to go. And yeah. then he shows up at the door and I'm like, this is hilarious. And yes. Then, 
it started just, it started out really fun yeah. and playful I do think that could have just been a more interesting thing because that that could have been a really emotional choice that she had to make like it could have mm-hmm. been fun at first and then she realized wait but like I need to choose a Reggie here because yeah we can't just go on this way forever exactly so and then yeah. we get even more confusing because Jughead obviously at this point thinks he has the solution right mm-hmm. and um they decide they're gonna do it at Betty and Archie's wedding or during Betty and Archie's during, wedding yeah like we're just gonna fucking take care of it there and as Jug is waiting for her to get to the house Archie shows up and basically says Veronica's dead I killed her (laughs) I killed her and this is where I got very disturbed like I mean the whole episode's weird but like I was upset and disturbed and I felt like it was I don't know it was disheartening yeah it kind of took you out of the moment because it was the most like real and raw and emotional that the episode got because again now you're dealing with like dual reggies and like their you know mischief you're dealing Mm -hmm. with you know jughead's doppelganger and like this mystery you're trying to solve and then all of a sudden archie comes here and he has this really sad moment of saying you know i i don't want to i don't want to end rivervale because there's a possibility that I could see my dad again because there are all these people coming back from the dead and doing crazy shit that maybe he'll turn up and I really want him to see me get married and he loves Betty so he's gonna be here and it's just it's it was really sad like I don't like how yeah it was a bummer I didn't like knowing that we cannot get Luke Perry back yes yeah and that was part of it was that we knew that this was impossible. So it just seemed more erratic. It seemed the whole scenario. Uh, it, yeah, it seemed heartless almost to mm-hmm. to make that part of the storyline knowing that it wasn't going to happen because I think maybe in like another situation you could have brought um Luke Perry back in for a guest appearance and had a really meaningful moment of him like signing off right. on this marriage and congratulating his son saying i'm so proud of you but we're we were never gonna get that no and that was a really kind of depressing way also to leave sorry things. go ahead to cut you off because now that we're talking about like dads of riverdale dads oh. of riverdale what's possible what's not mm-hmm. um fp why didn't we get any of him i honestly think that we hiram, got fucking should have, hiram should have come back for this hiram and should, yeah and we we find out that uh, apparently in River Vale, Hiram died. died at her quinceanera. And, you know, we know what happened at her quinceanera. So, like, are we sure that she didn't murder him? <laughs> that was, like, the time when he said that he was disappointed in her or whatever. So. I think the writers just put all this shit into, like, a jumbling machine. And then just, like, whatever spit itself out became what was relevant and what wasn't. Because, again, we got Hal who wasn't the black hood in this scenario. And I'm like, okay, great. I find it very hard to take him seriously, or at least to feel like he's not a sociopath. You know, he was like smiling and being like a normal human. And I was just like, oh, no, I don't. Right. (laughs) Like, I feel uncomfortable watching this because I'm pretty sure you're planning to kill somebody right now. Yeah. We didn't get the serpents. We didn't get like really any of the good stuff. 
Yeah, well, it was all I'm sure it was all the people who were available in a pandemic at the at the last minute. Uh, they and that's why we got people like Dalton Doily and Ben Button <laughs> and Miss Grundy instead of the people who mattered more, like maybe Sweet Pea or um, mm. even the Pussycats. They could have brought the Pussycats in. This could have been a good time for them to be involved. Gladys, Gladys, Gladys yeah, absolutely. There, there were lots of people who mattered more in this universe that didn't get a shout out in this episode and I think it was really just that limitation of like they had people who probably didn't want to come back or <laughs> were unavailable they were doing right. bigger and better things and this is what we had to work with I really think they should have gotten Mark Consuelos back though I think that yeah that would have been smart he was such a huge part of Riverdale for so many seasons this is the 100th episode and to have Clifford Blossom be like the big bad that or whatever weird. or Archie be the big bad like no you needed Hiram here you needed Hiram no offense it's always a redhead how dare you <laughs> okay so do you want to get into the Jughead's talking to each other and what we get from that yes okay so after Archie attacks Jughead trying to stop him from destroying Rivervale Betty shoots Archie in the head. Fabulous wedding dress that she is wearing. Let's just Gorgeous. make note of that. The whole look. The way Fabulous. her hair was, everything. Yes, amazing. looked amazing. She shoots Archie in the head and kills him. You know, which is just par for the course here in Rivervale. And Jughead kind of fills her in on what they need to do to save Riverdale. She's like, I kind of know what you're saying, and I guess I'll go along with it. So they go upstairs into the bedroom they have the bomb ticking and they're like, well, we got to recreate this exactly, you know, fuck to save the world. So uh, they start hooking up. And then while they're really getting going there, somebody opens the door and it's Jughead, the other the, Jughead, the narrator one <laughs> narrator Jughead, who was murdered at the beginning of the episode and was on the slab in Dr. Curdle's office or morgue More. office. <laughs> I mean, whatever, it's basically his office. Whatever you call it. And he explains that after Archie strangled him and he died, he went to, you know, the great beyond the sweet hereafter, wherever the, the sweet fuck. shop in the sky. Yeah, the, the, thank the, you. The chocolate <laughs> shop in the sky. The chocolate shop in the sky. I was, okay. I was half that, half Greece. Yeah, yes. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Never mind. Yeah yep so, no I, I mean you had it more than i did i was like uh, some, something beyond something beyond so he goes there everybody's looking real 50s ish and they're all reading archie comics because that's what is in heaven that's what we have to look forward to guys it's archie comics and milkshakes yep so while he's there he finds an issue the the secret issue that explains how river vale and riverdale can be separated effectively and preserve both universes mm -hmm. so he brings this knowledge back and then my favorite part is when he goes and then i resurrected and now i'm here it's like what do you mean you resurrected and now you're here is that just an option when you die because then wouldn't any of them have chosen you know like archie who just got shot in the head wouldn't he be like you know what i i don't like how that ended i'm just gonna resurrect now and go back and try right. again so again we must suspend our disbelief so uh narrator duckhead resurrects himself to come back and talk them through how they're going to save both universes. And basically what he says is Rivervale 
needs a new permanent source of energy because currently it is leaching off of Riverdale. And that's why both universes are going to expand and expand and implode. So the only renewable resource that will never run out over time is imagination. And basically that means Jughead's going to be like a hamster on a wheel running Rivervale, except instead of running on a wheel, he's just going to be typing on his typewriter stories that will sustain the um, creative economy of Rivervale. Yes, you seem like you have a comment. I do. Okay. Is this till the end of time? Yes. Forever. <laughs> like Rivervale will only exist as long as Jughead keeps writing. And what if he needed to take a shit? Like he doesn't. What do we do? <laughs> he doesn't he because doesn't. I mean but they I stocked him with all the food. He's gonna have to go to the That's bathroom. true. Yeah, he does yeah, he does seem to need some sustenance. He doesn't get to have sex. He no nope. if he needs to go to the doctor. He's got Ethel down there with him. Maybe they'll bang. She's down there too. Yeah, she brought him the burgers. I missed that. Oh, that that was at like the very end. And she was like, well, then what happens in Riverdale? And then that's when we segue into like, meanwhile, in Riverdale at the very end. I'm really annoyed. I hope this doesn't like carry over because that makes no fucking sense to me. No, I mean, I don't think it will. But I like, I don't think it needs to be like, why did he want to save Riverdale so bad? I mean, that is the question. Yeah, that is the question, because. It's funny because when we were talking this, talking about this at work today, and then we also talked about Westworld, and then I started thinking about how the humans in Westworld are so dismissive of the the robot sentience, like the host sentience. The hosts, yeah. And it makes me think, essentially, River Vale is almost like a world of hosts versus Riverdale. And are, God. and are we being like insensitive saying that they don't deserve to continue living in their own universe wow <laughs> i know like because wow. initially i was just like whatever these people don't exist but they think they do no they I, think they're gonna, living a real life i'm gonna counteract what you just said because okay in westworld it was made to be a fantasy scenario Rivervale just fucking appeared right but they still it's feel like a duplication of it's a duplication of riverdale in several ways it's like a reinterpretation sure but they still feel like they're real like they still have memories and awareness and they feel like they've been living in river vale their whole lives they came in a poof they could go in a poof you know what i'm saying all right i mean no i do because i agree westworld the hosts were man-made so i can't if we we could spend (laughs) hours on this yeah, we could. we could. We could debate the ethics of it. But regardless, the point that I wanted to make from earlier about the dreams. Right. Because so after after writer Jughead agrees to go on the hamster wheel, basically, narrator Jughead and Betty intend to implode in this room with the bomb. But the bomb never goes off because now writer Jughead is down there basically leading the story to its conclusion they hug in a way that made me think of the original jumanji Mm -hmm. where sarah and oh my god i remember her name and i don't remember his name anyway young robin williams (laughs) yeah 
and young forget it bonnie Her hunt name is Sarah, bonnie hunt the game's like over like they get jumanji mm-hmm. and they hug each other while everything else in the room is spinning around to go back into the game and that's exactly how jughead and betty were hugging each other and i was like is this how it's gonna end like Rivervale's just gonna fucking swirl around their heads and then they wake back up in riverdale and everything's fine that's what i thought was gonna happen it would have made more sense to be honest because what does happen is they are still in riverdale literally nothing happens like the bomb just stops ticking and then it's so anticlimactic and they're like oh okay and then they go back downstairs they're suddenly in like normal clothes again betty's out of her wedding dress and everybody is in archie's kitchen having you know spaghetti (laughs) spaghetti dinner betty spaghetti but this is where i'm confused yes again jughead and betty are super confused at what's going on downstairs yes nobody else is right and you're telling me we're still in Rivervale? Yes. How? Here's my theory, or at least like my attempt at a theory. Mm-hmm. So after this, like, let's just skip ahead for a second, because after this, when Ethel and Jughead are again talking in the bunker about like what just happened, Ethel says something about how Jughead has created an endless time loop now for Rivervale. Mm. And it'll just sustain itself on that. So my feeling is that everything that happened in the first four episodes were in fact dreams of the people in Rivervale. The only episode of substance is this one because everything that happened before this was a dream and then they woke up and this started happening and we're picking up at the end of this episode. We're starting at the beginning of the Rivervale loop now where none of what happened before has happened yet. So Betty and Archie are not engaged. Jughead and Tabitha have not moved in together because we do see towards the end there, they're helping Jughead move into his apartment. So like none of the stuff that happened in the four prior episodes is real. And the only reason that I know that this is in Riverdale is because then shortly thereafter, they say, meanwhile, in Riverdale... And then we pick up with Betty and Archie hooking up in the bed. Betty gets that weird phone call that's like, get out of the house. There's a bomb under the bed. Right. Presumably they get out of the house. And then Jughead's like writing in his house next door and everything explodes. Yeah. And I'm assuming that that's where we'll pick up uh, after the hiatus. But again, then do we just forget about Rivervale now? I am inclined to say yes. <laughs> I think a lot so. of what happened there did not matter because we kind of unwrote it in but this. Then, like you just episode. said, right? But then, like what you just said with the whole Jughead's writing, and then the bomb goes off. So it's like it was that him writing the hamster wheel writing. No, the, this is new. This is Riverdale Jughead now. In that final scene where like the really loud piercing shriek is happening. But now is he writing about Rivervale? I don't think so. He might be, but I don't think. I I think we've now like shifted back and and we're just back to normal. Okay. I think Rivervale Jughead is writing about Rivervale. I don't know. This is just my theory or at least like my opinion. I don't necessarily think that I'm right, but. I just, when it got to the end, I just, I think it was one of those like half-ass, let's wrap this up. And I don't know 
what to take with me to March. Yeah, we're behind. <laughs> I don't think we're going to know until we get to March, but we did get a little glimpse of what's coming for us. And mm-hmm. none of it like really intrigued me. It's no, a lot of the neither. same. Like Cheryl's like, oh, I put a curse on you guys. And they're like, what? And then we see Betty confronting TBK. I'm trying to think what else happened. It was, like none of it was like anything substantial. None, it was nothing I didn't expect to see. Right. So, I mean, whatever. I like. I don't think we're gonna come back guns blazing. I think it's gonna hopefully be an easy progression back into what we're used to. You know this. I wonder if this was strategic in the way of lowering the bar so much that now when we get back to the normal Riverdale stuff, we'll be so glad that it's just not this crazy nonsense that we're like, oh my God, this is great. This is so much better because I already feel like I would rather have watched any four, any four or five episodes from season five than what we just watched. And at the time we thought all of those episodes were pretty ridiculous. (laughs) So Uh, yeah. If we get more stuff like that in season in the rest of season six, I'll be fine. I'll be totally happy with that. I, I'd, I'd be glad to see, um, you know, aliens and uh, syrup caskets and, and things like <laughs> bring them on. I would I would so much rather just go back to like the Griffins and Gargoyles scenario. Like, I yeah. felt like that was probably the more even the Black Hood. Like, I, I miss the like farm. All of that. The farm was fucking good too. I mean, I really, I just want Chad Michael they Murray were, back. Yeah, they, were, <laughs> they were super weird, but like, I don't know. I just kind of there was continuity. To the fall, yes, yeah. We we felt the like week. there were things that were coming up that we could anticipate. We felt like we could start to put puzzles together and figure out where things were going. This this was just random. This was a random smattering of events. None of it seemed to make sense. And I will say, I, I will say this for the millionth time. I don't think this event was advertised appropriately. They didn't explain why they were doing this and how they were doing it. Fair. And I think that that really, that really fucked me up because I didn't know what it was going into it. And as it was happening, I still didn't know what it was. And I would just like an explanation. Right. Like, why did we have to get to this point? Why is it only five episodes? Why is it, you know, there are a ton of questions about it. Yeah. If, if they had just come out and said, we decided to like take our creativity and run with it for, you know, a few episodes, you know, we're building up to the hundredth episode. We want to do something different and be able to try a few things that are kind of standalone, but linked together in certain ways. If they had just come out and said that, at least we would have been prepared for it. But I, this yeah. was garbage. I think it didn't need a five episode run. No. I think it could have been a normal season. Mm-hmm. And then for the hundredth episode, we could have done this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we could have. Because because we didn't need any of the bullshit. Right. It could have been the coma scenario or it could have been, you know, a dream sequence or something like that. It could have been an easy transition just for a one episode deal. And yeah. you could have still done this whole scenario as a one episode deal. And it's and it's a great point because, again, we didn't need any of the things that happened from the prior four episodes to understand what was happening in this episode. Correct. They barely referenced it. 
Yeah. Like all you needed to say was like, one day everybody woke up in a town called Rivervale, but, and everything was the same, but different. And then just like showed then those differences that Jason's still alive and like all these other random things are happening when they didn't happen that way in Riverdale. And like that would have been- Or make it, or make it be like Jughead got out of his writer's block and we end with him just like, not on a typewriter that was broken. We're never going to get rid of the typewriter. But like, no, but just more of like an evolved Jughead where he's like, I finally got it. And this was it. I would love an evolved Jughead in any way, shape or form. If we could evolve, please. That would be lovely. The whole four episodes prior, like was barely referenced in this episode. So we didn't even fucking need it. We didn't need any of it. So... I, I feel. Want... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, I think you had a more um, salient point than what I was going to say. So no, it wasn't a point. It was. It's barely irrelevant. But you brought up Chad Makamari, so I was going to oh, bring up uh... something I saw about him, like oh. an hour ago. Oh my god. Okay. Love current news on Chad Makamari. Right. So I guess like stirrings, like people want a reboot of One Tree Hill because like obviously nobody has original <laughs> ideas. But he supposedly said something at one of like the One Tree Hill cons that they do or reunions. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I have an idea that's been bouncing around in my head to do a new generation of this show dealing with today's issues. Okay. So like not the same characters. Good. I mean, yeah, not that, like, yeah. right. Like not bring back people, but like. Sort of like Gossip Girl, like Gossip Girls. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Where it's like, but better. You're not bringing back the original <laughs> characters, but you're still kind of, there's still that, like, you know. Yeah, sticking with the themes, probably. I would probably watch it just because I did love One Tree Hill. Oh, it was one of the best. I, I would give it a shot, but I have, I, you can't top it. So, yeah. yeah so we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I, what I really want to have happen is um, that True Blood reboot to happen with um, Roberto directing and writing because i think that's the perfect collision of worlds for us (laughs) it really is and part of me wishes that we kind of recorded our reactions to to true blood yeah yeah as we were going i know because there was a lot of content there too like if we had done this podcast back when true blood was on and like when it was more relevant um that would have been an excellent candidate (laughs) Too late now. <laughs> Too late now. Unless we did a rewatch, which I think you already started. How dare you? I did not. I restrained myself. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'll do a rewatch of Buffy before I do a rewatch of True Blood. That's probably how that's going to go. But regardless, if they ever do that reboot of True Blood, I think that's going to be up next for us. <laughs> and it would be, it wouldn't be, <laughs> I hate it. It would be, I love uh, it. We're obsessed it. with it. Yeah. I feel like I'm a little throaty tonight because I was up really late at the holiday party last night. You party animal. I know. It was like 11 o'clock when I got home. That doesn't happen on a Thursday night. We did a lot of talking. (sighs) So hoarse. But anyway, (laughs) do we have anything else to add on Riverdale? I don't think so. Or Rivervale. (laughs) Right. I think we have closed this chapter. I mean, I hope so. I would love to never revisit this. Like if I ever did a Riverdale rewatch from the beginning to end, I would, you skip, would skip these. these. Four. Oh, I five. I constantly thought when we were doing 
like when we were watching these episodes, I was like, if we were not doing the podcast, this probably, I wouldn't be watching this, you know, oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> this, this is what would have dropped me them. from this mm-hmm. show. <laughs> I would have been like, God damn it. I'll see you in March. Like, fuck this. If at all. Like, yeah, right. It, like this, given up. this could have killed it for me. So uh, I guess, I don't know if we owe our audience a thank you or a fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> but we're done. But yeah. We're done we're done and holidays are right around the corner so we've got festive occasions coming up we're gonna hit you with a uh, what should be what should be a holiday classic and tragically is not a classic yeah it should be part of the canon of you know the grinch elf love actually all of those great holiday movies it should be up there with with them but it's it's so you're saying santa jaws you sound like a snake there santa jaws santa jaws we're gonna watch santa jaws everyone this is a shark movie and a christmas movie so it's got all the makings of a wonderful holiday classic it's right up lisa's alley it's absolutely up my alley i love do we know where we can watch it we're going to acquire it dawn and oh, okay. should anyone need to acquire it, find your shadiest friend and ask them to acquire it for you. It's actually on Hulu. Oh, <gasps> shut up. Is it? It's on Hulu Sling. Oh, my God. FUBU TV? FUBU. What's FUBU? <laughs> FUBO. FUBO TV. Mm-hmm. And Amazon Prime. Shit. There's up. a decent... Oh my God, look at this. Yeah, it's here. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Okay, well, we can legally acquire this movie. Yeah, um, have a good time. Drink, um, Watch with friends and alcohol, I would recommend. I mean, it's going to be great because it's got a 3.9 out of 10. So Exactly. Oh man, I love a good show. Make your festive cocktails and enjoy. So next week you will get to hear us decipher that one. Yep. There's not a lot to decipher. It'll just be a lot of us being like, why did this happen? But, you know, tis the, the season. The fact that you would watch it again, I <laughs> praise you. I give you a lot of credit. Well, I think it's going to be fun. And it's always fun with friends. So, yes, absolutely. you don't want to watch it alone. Correct. And until then, that's Endgame. Endgame.